Spoiler alert, Slashers Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Slasher's Paradise. That is Danny's rendition of the opening of this movie. What do you think of that shit? (laughs) Danny's throwing it down so we don't hit the copyright on this one. Oh my gosh, folks, I'm not even joking. That was the intro music for Friday the 13th Part 3, the 3D disco version. Oh, man. It makes my heart so happy. This movie makes my heart so happy. I can't wait to talk about it. I love... Uh, what is it? Uh, goofs or uh, like gags, gag reels. Okay, but like uh, like fun things. Okay. Uh, the 3D attached to it. Yes, I love that shit. It's you know, the this was the revitalization of 3D, the re-implementation of 3D. So you get those words. I am trying. You see me pronunciating <laughs> my don't you? <laughs> revitalization. Very yes. nice. Very, very you well. Done. You see me, but. Uh, yeah, the whole point was like, all right, we're going to introduce this technology. Paramount came out and said, like, all right, put some more money into it. We got special cameras. We're doing 3D. We're going all out for 3D. And a lot of theaters were not prepared for it. So Paramount said, all right, we'll, we'll help you out on that. So a lot of money went into this. Danny, it's our second 3D film. Oh, man, but this is 3D the way 3D was fun. Oh, the red and blue glasses. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Like, even if it worked or it didn't work, it didn't matter. What The point is, is that whether it's 3D in uh, 1980. One, two. Two. Yes. Or My Bloody Valentine 3D. 2009. They are still going to do things that are made for the 3D effect that has worked into the movies, what I'm saying. Yes, and so much in this film. I love the way they did it in this film. Basically, everyone was just looking for ways to play with the 3D effects for the film, and you can blatantly see the actors trying to like, did I get, did I hit the mark? I love it. Just <laughs> looking straight at the cameras. Something as innocuous and stupid as like one of the characters is playing with this yo-yo, but he's like playing with it towards the lens or a, a snake jumps out at one of the characters that it's like on a, it's a obviously fake snake and it's on a string, but you it like see the string. They need it because they need you to come straight to the camera and like to a certain point and almost hold so that they can get that effect. And it could be a lasting effect. Listen, we, we get our recap just so we like we got in the second one. And that's great. So we're all caught up from one and two. But this is the movie. I said at the very end of of our last episode, like this is where the identity of Friday the 13th comes from. It's from this film. You think? And once the recap's done, we get this funky jam. This jam. It's it's the smoke, the smoke machines. That's all we see is the smoke machines. And then the 3D red effects coming up, the blue lighting. Oh, I'm in. I, it brings a smile to my face. Every time I start this film, I have a whole dance to this. I just saw it. Yeah. It's a wind up dance. You got to wind it up and it's all, you know, you just got to really like, you know, you got to feel for it. Um, my fiance can attest to this. It's a very, uh, embarrassing dance, but I have a great time doing it. You know, would you dance like that if you look like this? Oh, Shelly. Oh, my God. We've got so much fun stuff to get into in Slash's Paradise today. Let's get to business first very quickly. Very quickly. Danny, what's the slash word? 
What's up? I, I mean, what is slash word in Slash's Paradise? <laughs> <laughs> slash word is the horror version of the popular game password, where if you hear the slash word, you get to take a drink. But um, yeah, the reason it's different is because it's brought to you by a horror person and or maybe a character from the movie that we get to call in and give you the slash word. So whether it's, I don't know, water, uh, it's a slashes paradise. You could have a blue Hawaiian. Ooh. You could have a pina colada and get caught in the rain. Whatever you want to do. Anything in between. Have yourself a nice drink and play along, please. All right. So for tonight's slash word, who do we have, Danny? Uh, I think because it is the homage to him and how much I love this guy and everything that he brought to this series and how important he is. It's none other than Shelly himself oh, calling Shelley. in. Shelly, you're on the phone in Slash's Paradise. Go ahead and give all of our listeners the Slash word of the night. Hi, this is Shelly. And the Slash word is sex. Which I don't have because I look like this. All right. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Shelly oh. is very important. And this pod episode might turn into a Shelly appreciation by me, Danny. And you know, Lance, how much I love the underdog or the guy that's maybe not the ripped and clean cut huh? and all that stuff, but is like just the soul of a movie. I hearken back to Hollis, to Ozzy, and you know, even Harold is hilarious in this movie, but at the same time, uh, yeah, Shelly has my heart forever and a lot of people's hearts. Shelly is one of the biggest fan favorites of the entire franchise. And why wouldn't he be? He's just so lovable. He's he's a horror fan. He's the prankster. Yeah. He's the prankster that we talked about, right? Like all these Friday the 13th movies have at least one prankster in it. Yeah. And he's ours in this one. Absolutely. And he sets a fun tone to the movie. Like once Shelly comes on screen, he just he has heart. He has everything. I think he's our favorite prankster of the series and one of our favorite characters from the series. So yeah. I'm just curious if he makes my um, softball team. I'm not sure about that yet. But <laughs> I know Hollis is our captain on that one. But Yeah, Shelly might be in there, maybe as support or as a designated hitter. Would you be designated in hit if you look like this? Oh, poor Shelly. Uh, the opening of this, again, we, you know, we recap. But this is actually happening the day after... Friday the 13th part two. That's so where we start off. We left off with Jason taking the machete to the shoulder. And, uh, you know, he has uh, gone to seek refuge in a nearby area that is adjacent to. He's surviving his wounds. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he finds he happens upon a um, interesting married couple who have, uh, you know, uh, clothes are, are hung on, 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 you know, clotheslines. They have a little general store. Mm -hmm. We know it's Harold and, Edna. uh, and Edna and Edna is giving Harold all the damn grief. Like Harold cannot do anything right by Edna. Can I just say Edna, like she's got the curls going on. She's got the curlers in her hair, but 
She's kind of cute and she, young. And they try to make her be this like crotchety old, like, you know, angry woman. But she is, she, yeah, she's a younger uh, woman playing this. And Harold is also like, they put like a, a, a belly suit on him. I don't yeah. know if you notice, like yeah. he's not a portly guy, but she's got some like beautiful blue eyes. And, you know, she, maybe they just loved her delivery and stuff, but look it, she does not look what the character they suggested. They were going for like a Mrs. Elrod from yeah, Halloween right, exactly. too. And they just, it, it's there as far as how mean she is. Yeah. Actually, Mrs. Elrod is not that mean, but Harold is the one that's hilarious. Yes. Harold is hilarious. Harold is the guy who is, you know, hilarious and stuff, but maybe we, we're getting too far. We're getting, we're, we jumped into it, man. We sure did. And we got to get our pumpkin spice latte in here before we get too far. Danny. Yes. For Friday the 13th, part three, 3D, mm-hmm. what is our pumpkin spice latte? Well, we uh, mentioned a little bit of it before, but yes, one day after the uh, events of part two, Jason has seeked refuge in a nearby cabin area all to Crystal Lake. And while he recovers from his wounds, he goes on a little bit of a tiny killing spree al- along the way. Alongside that, a group of friends are retreating to a cabin for a weekend of fun and maybe debauchery. And uh, it is a personal residence. It is not a camp and it's not camp counselors. It's just a group of friends trying to have fun. And they have wandered too close to where Jason is now making his area. And that is part three. All right. Our breakdown. The movie was released on Friday the 13th of August. Hey now. Hey now. What's kind of funny about that is this movie doesn't actually take place on Friday the 13th. It's Friday the 14th and the 15th. Oh my God. <laughs> so it lined up so perfectly. And yeah. then we kind of miswrote that whole thing. Uh, well, our budget well. was $2.2 million, but put a pin on that. Okay. Um, it was a, a $2 million conversion to 3D. So technically our budget is a $4.2 million budget because we had to convert everything that we filmed to 3D. So take the pin out there. Okay. Our box office was $36.7 million. Money maker. We made a lot more money than we made on part two. But again, some of that conversion, there's even more money that was uh, part of that because Paramount had to give money to these theaters to equip them with lenses and training and uh, an entire like phone line for support for all these theaters to actually show this. This is the most widespread 3D movie of its time. Okay. Or to uh, this era. Uh, the movie is written by Carol Watson and Kit Rosser. Okay. Uh, directed by Steve Miner. Again, returning. Back to back. Starring uh, Dana Kimmel and Paul Kratka. Kratka. As a Rick. All right, Danny, we've taken care of business. Yeah. Now let's head to paradise. Oh, yeah. Folks, get ready because it is time to relax and some kills. (laughs) Uh, We've mentioned before that uh, in this new pivot, uh, we are also playing um, these movies. Not that we need to, because as I mentioned to Lance... A lot of these movies do live in my DNA, um, especially the Friday. I mean, obviously, I could tell you start to finish all the Halloween movies and the Fridays as well. But, you know, maybe the Freddies are not as much, but they do. They are they are pretty well known by me. But we are watching along uh, the movie as we uh, record this podcast. And I have to mention that Lance just had to cover his mouth and start laughing because we're watching the movie, obviously, with the closed captions on. And these captions care 
because yes. they are very descriptive. Uh, Harold uh, has a bit of a uh, snacking uh, bug. So he's uh, snacking a little bit and then he has like a pet rabbit and then he goes and he sees that a lot of the rabbits have been, you know, killed and he thinks, well, we'll do something like this and you think it was Jason, but it was actually a snake that got in there. A big 3D gag snake charges at the camera. You're, you know, he gets scared. He runs and he runs straight to the crapper. He sits <laughs> on the shitter. And while he's sitting there, the captions just read, just, what did it say? Plopping, <laughs> yes. water sloshing, water dropping. And you know what? If you pu- if you turn on the volume, you'll hear it. And it's so gross. Um, but you also see very much where they tried to make Harold this fat guy. And he's just not. He's... He, he's it's 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 a I think he's wearing a pillow under his shirt, uh, quite honestly, because he's not what they're trying to make him out to be. Uh, or it might have just been the blood pack, whatever, because he is the first death of the new Jason. Yes. And our, again, our new Jason, like we said, we're, we're piggybacking off of part two. So when Jason starts to stalk Harold and Edna, Kumar, not Kumar, Edna. <laughs> Um, he's wearing the the same overalls that he's wearing from part two. He steals some clothes from the clothesline out there. So technically he's wearing Harold's clothes, I imagine. Yeah. And there are a little small on Jason, who's now 6'4". He's grown three inches since uh, yesterday. Yeah. And we have uh, a new Jason. Play. When you get stabbed in the collarbone, you grow. When it grows back, you get taller. Yeah. And, um, and a little thinner and, and a, and a little and a, more cut. A little bit. I mean, but, but you notice because his body had to overcompensate for that collarbone uh, injury, he's got the widest traps I have ever seen. Because he's wearing hockey pants. Hockey pants. <laughs> yeah. So Richard Brooker plays Jason and is a 6'3, you said? 6'4. Six, six, four. Four. Gymnast. Uh, trapeze artist. Trapeze artist. Yes. Holy Engines. Lord. So like that is quite the, uh, that's quite the task, man, to yeah. be that tall. And I, maybe, I don't know. I don't find myself on a trapeze, uh, ring, uh, arena. <laughs> I don't find myself there, yes. but I know how tall I am. I know how much it is to throw this massive frame around. You know, this as well. That's quite impressive for me to hear. Yes, absolutely. And I think he did a great job. I We have a monster of a man mm-hmm. as Jason in this yes. one. And it's kind of what sets the tone for the rest of the franchise. Again, we kind of said in part two, he's only like 6'1". Uh, still intimidating, but remember, like when he's wrestling around at the end, he's kind of the same size as the guys he's wrestling with. So there's just something about yeah. Jason uh, being bigger than everyone that just that's it, you know? So I really enjoy this Jason. Uh, he's lost all his hair overnight. Yep. Because um, that's what I also, when you Lance, I know you don't know this, but when you get macheted in the collarbone, you grow, but you have to lose all your hair. It's it's a trigger for a lot of things. Yeah. 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 We get, we gain three inches. We lose all our hair. Uh, which I actually like Jason without the hair. Like they kind of bring it back later in the franchise. I'm yeah, always, he doesn't need the hair. I'm always about it once he gets his hockey mask. Hey, yeah, he gets his hockey mask. Oh, he gets his hockey mask. He gets his hockey mask. Folks, we've made it. Only three installments into the franchise, and we have the the movie that Jason gets his iconic hockey mask yes. because I think what was happening was the filmmakers were. They realize who's the money man at yes. this point. They liked the Jason. 
They like Jason. the Jason is what they liked over there with with when he went to the Walmart. Um, <laughs> no, Jason was widely accepted by fans. They wanted more of him, uh, but they thought since we were in, we intended to copy Michael Myers, we might as well give him an iconic face. You need to be able to see him. Like it'll get old. The stalking from the POV over and over again, or just seeing the feet and stuff. I think they could get a lot more mileage out of seeing a full scary man yes. and you know let's put him in a mask what a, like do you even know where they came up with like giving him like where they came, like how they thought of hockey mask like does it just happenstance do was, you already know this or are you just I, trying to bait me into this or? i honestly don't know uh, i don't know if it was the costume designer or one of the tech guys um but he was an avid hockey fan you did know this. no i didn't I, do, oh, I swear! Okay. I swear! I didn't. He was actually an av- uh, avid hockey fan and brought his hockey gear to set, just hoping that there would be like a hockey rink in the area. No. Or something. So he pulls out a Detroit Red Wings uh, goalie mask that he just had in his gym bag, and then kind of threw that one on Jason. There was a whole nother design for Jason's mask. There was always intention to give him a mask. I think to make him more iconic. Yeah. This and there's actually uh, an alternate ending. I think filmed with a different mask. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it came from this. That's this crazy. Gym bag. Like, Ooh, I like that. And they kind of manipulated it into yeah. what we have now. Cause it's not a, a, a full goalies mask. Not, but from back then. Yeah. Mm. Like the seventies was just the face mask. So okay. Right. I think there's a little more paint, a little more to it, but, um, for the most part, yeah, that's pretty much it. You're listening to Dead Candy, dedicated entertainment for the dead. Hola, ghoulos! It's me, Raúl El Ghoul, and I'm coming to you to ask you follow me on El Instagrams at Raúl El Ghoul, or in español. Raul El Ghul. Anyway, I am the newest creature feature ghost host with the most. I know all the things of is spooky things and that's the story I'm sticking to it. If you want to laugh, you can come there too. Because if I wasn't called El Ghul, I'd be called Raul El Funny. Follow me on any Instagrams at Raul El Ghul. Hey. When it comes to ghosts, hosts, and spooky stuff, you could do a lot worse than Raul, but it doesn't get much better. <laughs> Don't be a stupid. Be a gulo. Adios. So, um, early on in the movie, we get to meet the hero of the entire story Shelly Shelly the man he, I say he's the hero and that might be he, okay look forget guys, Chris forget forget Chris everyone. the final girl forget Jason the 6-4 uh, trapeze artist forget Chili and Chuck who are the stoners who Chuck is the only one of the only bearded counselors or he's not a counselor but one of the only bearded uh people in the entire franchise which is who i dressed up as and will continue to dress up as every friday 13th party i throw that's a great one um so 
we meet these kids right away and you meet Chris who is, it's just the way she's shot. It's the way she's presented. She's going to be your final girl. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to say like everyone in this film just seems a little more wholesome or there's something more like we're not, we're no longer in the Pepsi commercial phase. We're in the milk commercial yeah. phase. You know, I mean, there's besi- something a little more to them besides, I mean like Chili and Chuck are the, are the stoners, you know, but like there's nothing malicious about them. They're just like, I mean, Chuck looks just like, Chong, yes, from Cheech and Chong. Yes. Like, let's be honest. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Shelly's a little bit bigger. Uh, of you know, from what he's not your your clean cut or you know ripped abs dude, and that's why I like him so much because he's like you know he's the uh, you know he's the hero for all the you know not not so great perfect bodied people, and he's important because Shelly is a prankster. Yeah. He's a bit of an asshole, too, because all his pranks kind of come at the wrong moment each mm-hmm. time. Uh, he has a uh, my one of my favorite lines is, OK, there are a lot of my favorite lines from Shelly and the ones that I've been quoting already are from this opening moment because Shelly is been set up on a date because they're all like, you know, going in pairs and mm-hmm. he gets set up with Vera, who. As a Latino man, I am watching this movie and there is a moment that is so awesome because Vera is, uh, I'm assuming, obviously, of Mexican descent or Latino or Hispanic. And they go to pick her up. Her mom pops out and she's like, yes, you know, and they say, hi, Mrs. Sanchez. We're here to pick up Vera. She is not going. You don't understand how many times I've been in moments where it was time to go party. And, you know, maybe I did not deserve it. And I was shut down and, you know, wheels, the wheels were in motion and people may have been coming to pick me up. And I had to tell them, well, guys, I can't go. They don't, you know, let me. Well, obviously her mom is not wanting her to go up there because, you know, that the area around where even this Higgins Haven, which is named after Chris's family, mm. uh, is it's all near Crystal Lake. So she's being a protective mother. But Vera, obviously, you know kind of rebukes that and goes anyway but it's when she comes out and they're like well they're arguing inside and in and in spanish and chris asks um uh the i forget what the the one that's uh anyway she asks the other girl and she's like what did they say she's like i don't know i flunked spanish oh that's funny she comes out and she's like oh just your typical conservative household so who's my date and Shelly's wearing this freaking plastic mask that's just, it just distorts you. Oh, it's almost like the, the purge, the first purge. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, There's a name for these masks and they were very popular back way back in the day, but I forget what they're called. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's totally pl- clear. And yeah. It's got the, the but it like kind of distorts your face enough. Yeah. So it's got like ripples where it's not supposed to be. And she's like, so who's my date? And Shelly's like, hi. And she, he, <laughs> picks up his mask as she sees him and she goes you're Shelly and he goes sorry and it's just like (laughs) it's already established that it's like oh man poor guy but his the best line and the one that I've been quoting is like his friend is telling him you know Shelly you're my roommate I love you but you gotta stop acting like a jerk so just be yourself he's like would you be yourself if you look like this that's when he first takes his mask off what it's establishing is that Shelly's got a bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. He's got a box that Vera, when they're sitting in the back, she's like, what's in that? 
And he's like, it's my whole world. And that little thing. Stick around. You'll see. Ah, dang. Shelly's got some a little bit of stupid game. <laughs> but he's okay. So Shelly's a practical. He's a prankster. He's a practical joke artist. And he's got some props that he's brought to the camp. But you just mentioned the heart that I kind of mentioned before about Shelly, which is he kind of like hides in these things. Like this is where his identity is, is these pranks that people hate, but he loves to do them. And what, what's the line, Danny? What's the line? He said, Shelly, why do you have, why do you have to be such an asshole? I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Same thing. Damn it. <laughs> is that the line uh, yeah, you were from, talking about? Yeah. From Andy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Andy's his roommate. There's no reason that Shelly's there. And uh, Shelly has a lot of self-deprecating one-liners, that, you know, that's like, y- you kind of laugh through him, with him. Uh, but you know, sometimes it's like, uh, you don't, you, you don't be, don't be too hard on yourself. Like own it. You know, if he owned it, like he, he he's funny, he could juggle, yeah. you know, he's, he's witty and stuff, but, um, <laughs> he's like, everyone jumped out and they all went skinny dipping as soon as they got there. And, uh, they're like, Shelly, why aren't you swimming? Oh, they were going, they said they were going skinny dipping in. I'm not skinny, uh, dude. I felt that for real, especially it was like a PE, right? And it's gym. Oh, yes. And it's like, all right, shirts versus skins. And I'm like, I'm on oh. shirts. And they're like, nah, we'll determine that. I'm like, I'm on shirts. Yes. I am not on skins. Don't put me there. You don't know what it's like for me. Man, I had the same thing back in the day. Back in the day, I I was a little chunkier. I had the same thing where I was like, okay, you're on skins. And I, I was always like in the advanced teams. I was like, I had no say on my team. Like sure. I wasn't the captain of this team. I was like, okay, you're, you know, your skins. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. And I just hear the little snickers and stuff like that. I hated and, it, man. Then they yeah. would do like, I started, once I started like growing into my body and started like, you know, being able to, Defend myself a little yeah, bit more because uh, people used to do the the nipple flick to me and I uh, freaking yeah, hate that worst. shit. So uh, I'll like if someone does, I'll just like kind of make an announcement. OK, don't do that. If you do it again, I'm going to punch you in the face. And they knew. Yeah. If they did it again. They would get punched. So see, it wasn't assault because it wasn't using the element of surprise. I see, I'm one of those guys that like, don't tell me that because then I want to do it. My brain triggers. I was like, ooh, that's a, you did tell me this. And I remember going, like, remember? fuck, I'm going to end up doing it. Mm-hmm. He's going to beat the hell out of me. I hate because someone. Yeah, because I'm like, why are the? it was during horror nights and people were still doing it. And I think one person did it and I give him a good one right in the chest. And they were like, ow. I was like, I did tell you, don't do that shit to me. It's hard. Yeah, but it, it's I, not hard. It's not hard to resist. Don't touch me. It's not. Once you tell me I can't do it, I I automatically want to do it, even though I know (laughs) it bothers you and I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to like bring up past traumas. Yeah. It's a trigger for me, man. It it really affects me. This is not an invite to any of you who are listening. I, I'm making it. Do not touch. Do not flick me. (laughs) I will destroy you. I'm sorry. It hurts. And it will hurt you. Everything in Slasher's Paradise is chill until we flick nipples. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all can relate. Anybody who, you know, has had, you know, that sort of weird moment. I don't know why people thought that that was cool to do. And then it's like a, it's then, it like, then it like stimulates the nipple and it's like you have a hard nipple and they're like, aha. And I'm like, get the, leave me alone. This is science. And I'm not, 
I didn't like that. Anyway. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's head back into the film. Uh, we got Chris. No, we were talking about Shelly. And, you know, Shelly is, you know, the heart. But yes, we have Chris. Yes. It was our final girl. Chris is obviously, uh, as I said, shot in the way that you're like, all right, this is going to be the girl um, who is going to eventually have a bout with Jason. But there's something about Chris. She's talking about, you know, going back up there. Uh, she mentioned to uh, the couple about sex, sex, sex. That's all you guys think about. Mm-hmm. And there is a hot button topic about sex around her because, you know, one of the guys puts his foot in his mouth and she's like, guys, that happened to me a long time ago. So it's fine. You know? Mm-hmm. So something's up as far as this is not your typical. I'm just a girl. that's going to have fun. Yeah. She has some past trauma. Chris does mm-hmm. that they kind of hint at, but I guess we, you could probably use context clues, but you are going to, it's something that's going to be revealed as the movie progresses. Yeah. And when, I mean, once they get into the, the family house, the family area, she's very like cautious. She's mm-hmm. looking around the house. She hears little noises, you know, obviously Shelly plays a prank on her, but there's always an uneasiness about her and this is her place. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah. And it is, told basically you know down the road she starts telling the story to rick of what happened to her at this place and why she is um so weary of the surroundings and the story is that she was attacked she was attacked by uh um not an unknown assailant and guys she was attacked by jason yeah, and th- and this is like done in a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of blurry. She swears it's real, but by the end of the story, she tells that um, she just wakes up in her bed and her parents won't talk about the whole story, but she knows in her heart that it's real. And she's telling Rick this story and it explains it all. The original concept of this, of the original writing was that she was actually raped by Jason. Yikes. And the point was that we were supposed to make Jason unlikable. We didn't want to revisit Jason. We didn't want him to come back. We want to root against him. Mm -hmm. So that was the point of it. It was way too dark. It was not delivered. Well, that's why it was cut. Um, But there is just kind of an overwhelming, like she was attacked by Jason. So she has this image of Jason in her head. She Mm -hmm. has this attack that did happen. Uh, We now in the theatrical version and the version you will watch the rape is off the table. But, but she was it def- is still a trauma. She was definitely assaulted by him. Uh, it's left for your, your imagination interpretation, but uh, he definitely did uh, assault her. And she has now returned with her friends as a way of it's like a coping thing. Coping? She's trying to yeah. she's she's, uh, you know, not trying to remove the power that the place has over her um, because, you know, as she says the last time she was there, um it's something that it's been with her and she's kind of hang, hung on to it. So maybe through friends and through, you know, uh, Rick, who is their, her on and off and on, on and off boyfriend, it seems, uh, who's obviously cast way too old for the entire group. I mean, that's just the way it is. He, he looks like bra- the brawny man, just like shaved off his mustache <laughs> and just came out of the, the trees. brawny man makes his return. <laughs> yeah, he's back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, interesting, side stories in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think that that's why this movie is one of the uh, more favorites uh, for a lot of people. Um, Not only does it 
establish and give Jason his hockey mask. But there's a lot of, you know, cool characters that you can latch on to. But there's also like, Jason's not the ultimate villain in this. I mean, he's the ultimate villain, sorry, but he's not the only villain. Yeah. There are, there's like another group of villains in there who are just jerks. Yes. And you're talking about the biker gang. I right? am talking yes. about the biker gang. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like it's such a fun little thing. And uh, Shelly, again, the heart of our movie gets to kind of play hero in a little Shelley bit. Shelly turns into awesome. a little bit of a freaking hero, Lance. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to get his moment. You know what I mean? A lot of these characters don't ever get their moment and he gets one. So, so there's a dust up a little bit. Be- and I hate this scene because, you know, um, you know, that clerk is real mean, re- mean to Vera. Mm-hmm. We don't accept no food stamps. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Why are you going to be so mean? Yeah. But anyway, the biker gang is like in there and they're kind of messing with them. So uh, they have... You know, Shelly and Vera get out of the situation, are going to leave. And while Shelly's going to drive, because she's Vera's like, I'll kill somebody if I, you know, take the wheel. Well, Shelly ends up putting the damn car in reverse and knocks over all their bikes, kind of like <laughs> when Pee Wee does it in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But Shelly is like, oh shit. The, obviously, the one of the, the guy who uh, is the um, leader of the biker gang sees it. He Ali. does it. Ali sees it. And Shelly's like, you know what? To hell with you. You broke the glass. You broke my windshield or, you know, they borrowed the car from Rick. You broke my windshield. And you know what? I'm going to have my come up. And so he turns around and runs over the bikes that he had already dropped, just crushes the wheels, at least one of them. And it was a huge hero moment. He Vera's like, you were great. Yes. Shelly's gonna, you know, turn into the awesome hero. And it was a, he, he, it was a good moment. It was a good moment for Shelly. It was a good moment. And a bonding moment with uh, Vera, which was yeah. awesome because that's supposed to be his date for the weekend. It's like, is Shelly really going to win the girl at the end of this? I mean, you you hope, um, but he can't help himself and kind of turns into his old tricks and he's going to keep on playing trick, you know, practical jokes. And that's okay because like some people are, you know, they 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 have a safe space and Shelly's is practical jokes. So, What's go, go ahead. ahead? No, you go. Well, we said go ahead at the same time. So Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Anyway, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, were you going to say like one of the interesting things is seeing Jason lurk around and then being so gratuitous with his face? Yes. 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 You were going to say that? Yes. You freaking dude. Yeah. They show Jason a lot without mm-hmm. his mask, uh, not hiding his face. Because he doesn't get the hockey mask until about an hour in. That's not introduced. It's... He's lurking. You can kind of see, especially now with HD and all this, you know, uh, the Blu-ray and all that stuff coming out. You can really like look at it. But with VHS and the way it was originally released, you can barely see it. But he is in full makeup and he's just lurking around. This this is like one of those things that I love where you can just see him kind of chilling in the barn and watching the drama. Right. (laughs) And going on, you know, listen, I've been in settings like this like it's a nice huge cabin but i've been like in a, where you in you know at the ranch we have cabins or we have a little house and then you know spread out area where the garage is or you know uh where we keep the the tractor and stuff i have good peripheral vision i am mm. always aware i'm so sorry i will see a man poking his freaky face chilling Outside of that barn, he's just posting up. Like, what are you, what are you guys getting into? You guys gonna, you gonna go swimming? Because I can, I, I'm just, I'm just. Yes, you can. But 
have you ever been in these open areas and you're looking at something for a good minute and you can't figure out if it is a person and a face sure and then you find out that it's not i feel like that's kind of the point yeah is like he's there and it's one of those things that you might be able to see but he is also in the background and he he hides he shades himself you know i i think it's one of those things that he is always lurking it's one of those things that you you will remember and the next time when you're looking at that face for a good minute like is that a face or is that a tree is that a knot in the wood what is that you know so yeah i i i buy that i like that um I know we we Lance just laughed because uh, there's a part where the biker gang catches up with them back at the cabin and their big master plan is that they're going to siphon the gas from their van and light the whole freaking barn on fire. So that's like that seems like it's it's a little excessive. It's well, it's the bark that gets me. Yeah, that, <laughs> and that's why Lance <laughs> laughed because the signal to, yeah. you know, hey, the coast is clear. One of them barks at the rest of the gang Oof. and it, it is a bar <laughs> he goes for it yes it's so cool so, i love the and like again the bikers are kind of more punk style for the 80s so yeah they are villainous and you know punkerish, and it's it's just a fun extra you know, and to add to the body count as well. I will say that every time I like, if I like jump in a pool or something, or if I like lay down on the bed or something that like makes me relax, I will do Fox's line when she gets in and starts swinging. Woo! This feels good. I always, always <laughs> do it from the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. She's just swinging on like that. Yeah. The, the rope outside the barn. Yeah. Also, I was going to mention it with part two, but I'm glad that these bales of hay are here for part three so that I could talk about yeah. bales of hay. Okay. Let's hear it, Danny. I have seen pacas, which is, you know, a term to call bales of hay uh, my whole life. I've seen square bales. I've seen round bales. The square bales that are in part two and part three are so tightly packed. (laughs) I know that they are heavy as shit. So when Jason is coming after Chris at the end of part three and just tosses that bale of hay, that is so damn impressive because (laughs) I have picked up bales of hay before that, you know, they're usually tightly packed, but that doesn't help anybody when you make a bale of hay so freaking heavy. I mean, yes, it's more bang for your buck, but who's going to get to who, who's moving that? Right. Right. Those bales of hay, I won't say in uh, especially in part three are so tightly packed and I appreciate them. That's me, you know, growing up on the ranch and, you know, appreciating good farming and ranching. So there. There it is. Bales of hay. Bales of hay. I've never had to work with bales of hay. I've always had, you know, just the open hay and feed it to the horse and that's it. Okay. So well. I've never had to deal with it. So it's a special moment to where we get to talk about bales of hay. Absolutely. Slashes paradise. Uh, one thing I have <laughs> said about Friday the 13th, especially the first probably six or seven films, mm-hmm. is there an easy watch? Yes. I loved as a kid and teenager and adult. I love throwing these movies on like in the morning, in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. This isn't so much one of those like late night movies that I love or one of those thick Halloween at night kind of films. Yeah. There's something about these movies and going with that, the cast, 
are so diverse in the sense that some want to be actors and some were not actors at all. And they mix and it's so fun to see them interact and have fun on the set. I know in particular this one, because they had the 3d technology, it took forever to set up each shot. So a lot of the time these, the cast members were actually staying in cabins on site Mm -hmm. and they were just hanging out. And then the crew would basically say like, Hey, while you guys are hanging out, could you figure out some cool 3D effects that we can like throw? Oh, in really? There? That's where the yo-yo thing came in. That's where the juggling part comes in, where they're just throwing stuff at the cameras, basically, because it took them hours to set up each shot for these 3D moments. And everything was technically shot in a 3D um, camera. So all of that took a lot more time than you're an actor. So you can sure. say like. It takes a while for one scene to be shot, right? You're, Absolutely. You're kind of waiting around forever. Yeah. So now double or triple that amount of time. What are you going to do? This cast just hung out and got together and figured a lot of stuff out. That's cool. And like, how lucky are they to have two ju- really good jugglers, honestly? <laughs> Shelly and uh, I'm getting his name wrong every time. Andy? Andy. Shelly and Andy are juggling three balls a piece. And look... I've done two with two lemons with one hand, just throwing them up. And once you find a groove, you find the groove, right? But it's very easy to drop that groove. So, uh, that is so impressive, you know, that they were both jugglers and they were able to figure that gag out themselves. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Jason, of course, is your main killer and even, there was something kind of interesting what I was feeling when I was seeing, because the biker gang does go in there to mess shit up, right? Mm-hmm. But they meet their end by uh, pitchfork mainly, but really quickly from Jason. Mm-hmm. It's something, and maybe you can help me articulate this a little bit better, but it's something about bad guys getting killed by bad guys. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like they're obviously there to to ruin shit. They're mean throughout, and then they get killed by Jason. So it's like you kind of, I don't know if you, I'm not. I'm not saying I was happy because that's the wrong word that they got killed by Jason because they were being jerks. Mm-hmm. But they there's definitely a weird feeling. Yeah. No. No. Watching you're, them yeah. die at the hands of Jason, knowing yeah. that they're. You yeah, know, you're, bad you're, people too. You're tapping on my my nostalgia of remembering this. Like, ooh, everyone gets it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the villains get it pretty bad quickly. You know what I mean? So it's you're right. There is a different kind of feeling when the bad guys get get got. By yeah, the, by the the main villains. So, yeah, yeah. You're right. There's a totally different feeling to that. It's kind of funny you mentioned that. Uh, so also, um, it's part three. So we got to go bigger, better, stronger faster more violent the kills are more aggressive uh i do have to talk about uh the part that is happening right now it's ali the leader and he's the last one of the biker gang to face jason and you know jason is uh you know he just killed the other two and he jumps down and it's it's he jumps down in a stall so ali has to open the stall and look for him before that he picks up a machete right and he's looking for jason but jason's uh, he passed him right so when he turns around he sees jason and that initial reaction because he sees his face <laughs> and he sees that he's like fucked up he's yeah. like shit and then he like <laughs> he, he tries to he's gonna fight him but he has that moment he's like 
Ooh, what am I looking at? Your wolf. Yes. What did I do? There's your your wolf moment. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, here we go. And of course, Jason like beats the shit out of him with a billy club or something. I I don't know. It kind of looks like a cleaver, but a blackjack or whatever. I guess that's what it is. There's so many tools in this damn barn. Yeah. But Uh, uh, he doesn't get the machete and he just bludgeons Ali's head uh, to the point where he knocks him out, uh, you know, a lot. So, there's a lot of cool things happening. Uh, Shelly's going to shoot his shot eventually to Vera. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's been showing off his juggling skills. And, uh, you know, he uh, he decides this is my time. I'm by the fireplace. My hair is very puffy right now. <laughs> I've got... There's the hair reference. Once you hit. <laughs> Don't tell me you... Shelly... Okay. <laughs> Folks, look up a picture of Shelly. Uh, in this movie, he is killing it with his fro. He's awesome. But um, Lance, you actually have a funny deal about how Larry Zerner, the guy who plays Shelly, got into this movie. Yeah, I guess some of the producers uh, saw Shelly on a street corner handing out flyers for a horror film. Like, hey, come watch my horror film. And they said, hey, do you want to be in a real one? And that was how he got cast. Son of a bitch. This is what I was talking about is like the mix. I mean, he is the last credited actor in this film. Um, he wasn't an actor, you know, yeah. like he's just on the street corner and gets discovered. And then he gets thrown in with some other people that are trying to be actors. And, and you know, he maintained that shell Larry Zerner. I don't think he really did anything much after that. He's actually a lawyer. Yeah. I love this fact that you've brought up recently because yeah. I did not know this. So I don't know if you guys are aware, but Friday the 13th, the franchise is in a bit of a litigation uh, struggle fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a lot that is going into it. Basically, the original writer uh, is claiming copyright on everything since. And um, he's just looking for his royalties and perpetuity or or, or his his residuals or, you know, from it. And. You know, it's been argued that while he created the characters, he did not create what is more most lucrative, which is the hockey mask wearing Jason. All he did was write about the boy Jason. So what has been established right now in the courts is that the franchise can continue, but they cannot be called Friday the 13th anymore. Uh, They can just be, you know, make Jason movies. Uh, And if it's a Friday the 13th movie, they have to pay him um, and they would ignore anyway. So it's being appealed right now. But the point I bring all that up is the only reason I know any of this is because Larry Zerner attorney at law on Twitter breaks down the case. He is the point of reference. Anytime this case has something that happens to it, he's the one talking about it and we'll break it down for anyone listening or, or following him. So it's so cool for the horror community. We, I mean, we talk about conventions and how a lot of these actors, that's kind of all they do nowadays. They don't mm-hmm. act as much or some are, you know, still acting and they still go to these conventions, but they make a bunch of money. I mean, this guy for the horror community is using the fact that he's a lawyer and understands the case and like putting it out there because a lot of people want more Friday the 13th yes. than Jason and we are just not getting it. LeBron, his production right. company, yes. uh, I think they were trying to acquire the rights or make a new Friday the 13th film. Yeah. And the, you can't right now. The game is couldn't be updated anymore because of this yeah. uh, of this you know lawsuit. So it has a preliminary decision right now, but it is being appealed uh, because, quite frankly, the people who are making the fr- uh, Friday Thirteenth movies, like I, I just said it, they want to continue to use the name 
and um, they just don't think that it's fair or anything like they have made the franchise what, you know, as popular as it is because of the the grown Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. I get both sides to it. Um, I just say pay the man, you know, uh, I, I think it's a little bit more intricate than that. Um, but in, I, I, anyway, uh, I, follow Larry Zerner and he will tell you everything. Yeah, I, I imagine it must be there must be some long term money. It, Oh, sure. Involved in this. That must be the reason. Like, usually that's what happens, right? They're just like, fuck it, pay it. Yeah. Well, let's I mean, move on. But if you're the creator of the whole thing, you are making more money than the main person at, at that company, basically. Like, y- y- I'm just saying, like, he would have to be paid amounts of money that I don't think that are, you know, feasible, maybe. Who knows? Jason Voorhees is a at this point in the franchise where I part three is a check writing machine. Just put it on debut it at the movie theaters and people are going to watch it and they're going to watch it a lot, especially now. I mean, now he's iconic. We've added the mask. It's got the rock and roll like 80s synth cheese oh sure it's man everything that they reach, eat. oh reach. man it's so good like i said every time i put it on it puts a smile on my face as soon as the uh the opening really starts uh but uh quite uh i guess about an hour into the film shelly uh who has been you know kind of shot down by vera and under his breath calls her a bitch i was like ah oh, shelly yeah anyway anyway it is the 80s so it's like uh, it's weird. It's just what what's accepted. Like she doesn't have to, you know, date or or like Shelley. She it's not it's not required of her just because he had that hero moment or he knows how to juggle, you know. Uh, but you know his reaction was a little. It's a little extra now looking at it through modern lens, modern day lens. But what you do see is Shelley do another huge practical joke on Vera. He, to the point where he gets in a full wetsuit, he has a harpoon <laughs> and the hockey mask is here. He's walking around with it. Uh, he grabs her foot cause she's hanging out by from the dock the water, yeah. from the water. Yeah. Um, you know, just trying to be himself and trying to, or like trying to be funny. And you know, she just, he just scares her too much. And now he's walking around, but he's got the hockey mask and it's there and it's dangling. And it's like, when you look at it, having, knowing Jason, it's like, it's so iconic, like hanging from Shelly's hand, but he is the reason that Jason has it. And think about that. Shelly was the first one ever to wear the hockey mask in the franchise. That's like, correct. That's a fun little like thing to think about. Like Shelly is so huge to us, right? But yeah. he's the one that wore it. He was the first one that we saw in the mask. So now he's, you know, he's walking around. He's, he hears, uh, he thinks what Chuck and Chili. I mean, Larry Zerner's doing his best in this movie. You could tell he's got a little bit of awkwardness as far as his acting technique. I think it goes with his character. Oh, it's perfect. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. But for him, it's like, oh, that's his character. That's who he is. That's Shelly. It's it's perfect. Um, And there's a cool moment because like, you're right. He helped Vera pay at the, uh, at the grocery store and she kept his wallet. So she like opens it and sees it it, in his wallet. It's just a picture of him and his mom. So like, you don't know, like, like she, there could be like if this was romantic comedy of Vera and Shelley, yeah. like this could have been a turning point or whatever. Uh, but it's definitely a turning point in the wrong way <laughs> yes. because Shelley gets got in the barn and Jason takes the mask, takes the harpoon 
and delivers what's probably the best shot, not film shot, shot with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) He spear guns Vera from at least, give it what, 50 yards, 75? Yeah. Straight through the God bless it eyeball, Lance. <laughs> oh my gosh. This scene. Okay, first of all, first of all, first of all, we never see Shelly get got. We see a surprise reaction. Sure. And now Jason has his mask and harpoon. What I love about this scene, where you are literally watching it right now and I'm dying laughing, is the way Jason struts out. Remember, we've talked about the fact that. Jason, we only see, we see him lurking around. We kind of see his face, sort of. He's still the the lumbering dude from uh, the second film and kind of what his mom did where we only saw legs, feet. That's yeah. it, right? Until yeah. the very end. Uh-huh. And this is the first time that we're seeing him. He's like, I got my mask. Yeah. Fuck it. He comes out. He struts. He comes out he with struts. a lot of goddamn swagger, dude. Oh, he's like, oh, check this out. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey what's <laughs> up? I ain't, I ain't hiding no more. I got a mask now. Check this out. And he's he, got the harpoon. Yeah. Oh, he, my. He turns the corner like, surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he, he's got a little bit of that going on. Like, oh, you want to talk yeah. about mother? It's like, he's like, I got you now. And he does. He shoots Vera straight through the head with the harpoon. And what an effect. Like, because it's her real head for like half of it. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know, the, the fake arrow yeah. gag. But it's so good. What happens next is that he just like, okay. I have shared with the people that obviously I have uh, hunted before and I have made miraculous hunting shots. Whenever you make a shot that is so unbelievable, like he just did, you have to have a reaction. I've He just, he drops the spear gun like, told you. Oh my God. (laughs) He drops the spear gun like, told you, and just walks up. You know, the camera follows him and does this like pan up to the cabin as he's like, he's like, all right, well, who's next? Yeah. Who's going to get this? Sh- who's going to get these hands next? Oh, I mean, man. The swagger that he has when he drops the gun. I swear, man. His arms are just kind of like, mm-hmm. what's up? You know, lightweight. Side. Oh, okay. I Light work. Like confidence building. Every The characters come into life. Also, this is one of our only projectile kills from Jason ever until the remake so oh how about that yeah very well done so harpoon and then in our remake we get a bow and arrow so you know there's still some more people that have to die (laughs) um but what's interesting is that like not remember i told you that there are a lot of side plots or a lot of side stories going on you you got chuck and chili who are the stoners they're going to go do their own thing right shelly is you know pining for the you know uh vera's interest We've got uh, Andy and Debbie. Why am I missing their name? I don't know. Anyway, Andy and Debbie. Debbie is pregnant. Mm. She introduces that in the beginning because there are there's a lot. They're smoking weed in the in the van, and then the cops are running. You know, like coming up behind them, and they're like, "Oh God, they're gonna get us!" So they all like everyone just starts like eating the weed, which is like, don't ugh, don't ever do that ever like in that moment just like go to jail at that point because that's so gross uh but anyway um when andy gives her something to like hey help out she's like oh you know we're uh we're eating for two right so she's pregnant but what's funny to me is that 
okay, obviously I'm not going to do marijuana because I'm pregnant. Right. But then Andy offers her a beer later. and She's like, oh, yeah, give me a beer. Yeah. And it's like, it's in the 80s, right? It's, it's like the, the times. Thing, it's the thing that you, that people thought you could do or didn't do or right. whatever during pregnancy. I don't know. Um, Something to remember. Things change. Things Science change. happens. Yeah, science we, we happens. We learn more, you know? Uh, but yeah, um, Debbie and Andy are cool. They're a, little, they're a couple that, you know, they... Um, okay. Here's what I'm going to say about having sex in these movies okay. as if I didn't uh, awkwardly articulate this earlier. Remember that and then talk about it. Yes, I will. Uh, having sex in these movies will lead you to your end. Apparently, these are like the rules that Randy says. You can never have sex. You can never do drugs. That's what's going to get you killed. Okay. If I were to meet my end in a horror movie or while I'm out with my friends at a, in a cabin or whatever, it's, I guess the best case scenario <laughs> to have it to, to die right after you've had sex because it's like, well, okay. At least I'm going out with a bang. I remember a, a comedian saying that, like if you have sex in the morning, it's kind of like, well, what's the point of the rest of the day? Right. <laughs> So I understand 100% what you're saying right now. Yeah. I think that's my that's my take on, you know, sex when they were like, oh, my God, don't have sex. Yeah, but you're at least having sex <laughs> right before you. I hope the slasher is not sex. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, that's just my take on it. Uh, but Lance, you definitely want to talk about the way Andy meets his end. Uh, yes. And you had mentioned, why do I, I'm sorry. Why do I keep on saying meets their end? Why can't I just say die? I don't know. This is slash paradise. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Lance, you for sure want to talk about <laughs> the way Andy dies. dies. <laughs> uh, yes. You talked about Mark uh, meeting his end in part two, right? And that's kind of synonymous with like one of the worst kills of the franchise for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. He's in the wheelchair, the sound of it, the surprise that he has, all of that. That is one that is synonymous for you. Andy yes. is mine. It's the one kill I think about when I think about Friday the 13th. Andy is showing off to Debbie while she's in the shower after they've done, you know, their 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 deed. They've had sex. They've had sex. So now they they must meet their demise their end it must die <laughs> anyway so he's showing off he's doing his handstands again a lot of uh these things were learned while in waiting for you know things to be shot so he's doing a handstand he's walking on his hands in the cabin and jason comes out and just obliterates and he cuts him in half literally in half but the way it's shot is Andy's doing the handstand on like a, a glass frame. So mm -hmm. we're actually seeing this from underneath Andy, who's doing a handstand and we see his body just get diced in half and fall to the ground. And it's horrific. And again, there's probably an uncut version where we see even more to it, but yes. that's the kill. Imagine being in that vulnerable position in a playful mood after you've had sex and you don't know you're in a horror film yet. Yeah. And he gets sliced in it. It's that's that's the kill of the franchise for me, probably. Folks, he gets sliced right on his parts. Oh, that hurts my parts. <laughs> he gets sliced in between his legs down. And 
I don't know if that is an instant kill. He sure treated it as such, but you better instantly kill me if you slice me there. Yeah. I better instantly die. <laughs> Swear to God. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. That that kill, my goodness, that kill. It is so hurtful. But yeah, I'll put that. I'll put Mark getting the machete to the face up to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's where we're starting to get really creative. I think again, the identity of the franchise is really starting to get fleshed out. Like, how much more creative can we get? Oh, we got a whole bag of oh, tricks. Oh yeah, we got Shelly's bag of tricks. You know, for so, real. And uh, if Jason just found all of Shelly's, found his box full of like the stuff that he had, I'm sure he would just have a field day. Um, and of course, you know, nobody is safe unless you know, I guess you're not there, you know, no matter if you're not at Chris, the only way you can be safe is if you stay in town partying all day and all night, like they did in part two. Otherwise you're going to get it. Ted is still partying to this day. Yes. Ted is still partying and, uh, Mark is still rolling. So yeah, the only way that you could be, okay. So what I love about each installment thus far they do bring up the weather elements yeah okay so we heavy downpour in part one heavy downpour i think in part two as well or at least it starts raining Mm -hmm. we're now in part three and it's not rain it's just a whipping wind yeah like which can be really creepy on its own without yes i've been in high wind uh especially if there's like a lot sorry if there's a lot of trees and such and a lot of leaves to be you know blown uh however i yes the weather is is a huge part of it and it's another thing that you have to combat especially like if you're trying to uh close a door or close a window and the wind is you know kind of blowing it or if the wind kind of does like a uh a fake scare and like blows a a door closed and you're like oh it was jason ah no it's just the wind although i do like this part uh that just popped on the screen so Chris is running away from Jason and uh, I think it's rude of her actually because no, it's really is because she's making fun of Jason, right? Because, you know, as you all know, Jason was, uh, you know, not the, he wasn't a very good swimmer, but he wasn't, you know, it's alluded to that he wasn't the brightest and uh, yeah, Chris runs up the stairs and Jason's like looking for her. I think he just wants to like, kind of like make amends or something. Oh, sure. And she drops a bookcase full of books on him because obviously she's making fun of him because he can't read. Poor guy. <laughs> anyway, <Wow. laughs> you think we were going there? <laughs> uh, no, but Chris is getting away at this point. She is the 100% final girl. Um, go watch the movie because the way he kills Rick is ridiculous. Yes, it's Rick ridiculous. He, um, he, he, <laughs> he squeezes Rick's head so hard that his eye pops out of his eye socket. Mm-hmm. And that's another gag, obviously, for the 3D. A lot of moments like that. But obviously, Chris is, uh, you know, she's just like, so, okay, somebody's chasing me right now. But remember, when Jason attacked her, he did not have the mask on. Right. So he has a mask on right now and he's, and he's you know, chasing after her. But she is definitely fighting back. And I love it because she does some really great stuff with her eyes. You could tell that she's like, I did not want to get there. I did not want to be in this moment. Yeah. I'm reliving a lot of trauma. You could see it materializing on her face. Like it's a great job by the actor. Um, especially when she is, 
you know, she's stabbing at Jason, trying to hit, you know, to, to hurt him, to, you know, to defend herself. And you just see like her face, just like her eyes are wide and she starts almost crying. Like she's like full of emotion. And I get it. I totally get it. And, you know, she's, you know, fighting for her life right now. Um, but she, again, she thinks that this could be just anybody. Again, you mentioned the eyes and I was watching a, a newer horror film the other day where the main actress just really does a great job of using her eyes for terror, sadness or whatever it is. And it's such a huge thing. I think so many of our final girls, that's what they need. They need to do everything with their eyes sometimes, you know, and a lot of our screen Queens can't scream. You know, they, they, I think it was a uh, Jenny actually had to re-record her screams. Really? And after the production, yeah, they actually took her to a sound studio. So it's just one of those things, but the eyes, you're right. Just, you kind of nailed it with that where she does so much with her eyes. Uh, I think that's huge. I think that's yeah. huge for no, it, it, especially I mean, our final girls. Yes, Lance, you're completely right. Uh, there's a lot of emotion to be told in the eyes and everything like that. But remember, I told you up to part two, Ginny was definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a between in the first four parts of the franchise, you're introduced to four different final girls. Yeah. So you got we we met Alice who is the, you know, kind of the art student, reluctant sort of final girl. Uh, we met Jenny, who was a little bit more equipped to take care of herself, but definitely uh, a more cerebral thinking yeah. uh, final girl. And now we meet Chris, uh, trauma survivor, but definitely equipped to fight back. Um, I think that's what you kind of see from a lot of the final girls in this franchise as it progresses. They don't, it's not the, I'm so helpless. Even Alice, Alice took care of herself, you know? So I think that's what I like about almost all the final girls in this franchise. And we're going to meet another one in part four. Mm -hmm. Um, But now up to this part, I think Chris is my favorite. Yeah. Up to three. Yes, I love it just, Chris. It just gets better. I feel yeah. the franchise just gets better and better up until I, a point. But. Yeah. Well, we, there, there's, a, there's a nice dynamic with Chris. Um, but yeah, part three, the introduction of the hockey mask, uh, the different facets of the plot and you know how they go in different directions. All that is what makes this movie kind of, you know, stand apart from the rest so this can definitely be up there in a lot of people's favorites but chris is fighting back doing different things if you've ever played the game she got into the car and is on her way out but of course (laughs) what happened earlier the freaking jackasses of the biker gang took the gas out so she's stranded on the bridge and jason gets her and now it's the chase and the chase is on and jason is not walking no, and uh, yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that point because the way Jason moves is what is terrifying. He's lumbering. He's quick. I mean, he got stabbed. He gets stabbed by Chris at this point, so he's kind of limping, but still coming hard to to take Chris out in the barn. You know, and there's just something so cool about the way he moves. And again, we, he's got some padding on in the shoulders. Sure, it's and good stuff, little bit of but it but it just adds something to it. It's not distracting. It's not Halloween four. No, uh, no. But I will say also, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he's selling, he's selling his injuries. Mm-hmm. That's so important because later on as the franchise continues, Jason is indestructible almost. Yeah. This guy is definitely a man who is, uh, you know, 
trying to get Chris, but he's selling an injury. And uh, I like it. I like the fact that you think, okay, she hurt him. She can keep hurting him. Mm-hmm. Not like the freaking NES game. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you possible. found Jason. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Congratulations. I know. So, we're back in the barn and I talked about the bales of hay and they are definitely going to come into play. These bales of hay are going to, you know, help Chris, but she is. Okay. There's a part where she's hanging from a beam. Yes. And Jason is below her. She's above and she's watching him kind of just go through. Right. And turn over things and look for her. And I laugh my ass off because there's a part in Halloween four that makes uh, my fiance and I laugh every time. Do you remember when Jamie falls asleep in the house? She takes a little nap. Mm-hmm. And when she wakes up, she falls asleep with Rachel next to her. Mm-hmm. When she wakes up, Rachel's not there. But she kind of like reaches over and touches the pillow. And she goes, Rachel? Yeah. But like, it's just a pillow. Where where do you think she is? She's not there. So she like touches the pillow. Rachel, she's oh, not there. Man. Jason <laughs> is looking for Chris. And he's like... I'm like, really, Jason? Was she under that? Was she was she in that hole? Was she in behind that piece of wood? You know what I mean? It's like it's his searching techniques make me laugh. That's all I'll say. Okay, listen, let's get into the mind of the killer of Jason Voorhees really quick. Let's if I'm that guy and I know that my prey is in this barn. There's no other escape except for where I came. I'm going to start scaring the shit out of them. Mm. I'm going to throw things around. I think he is legitimately looking. There's a big like chest that he opens. I'm like, oh, I'm glad he looked there because that would have been a great hiding spot. That's not a big chest. She could fit in the chest. Chris oh. could fit in that chest. Oh, okay. Well, come on. I can never fit I in the chest. I will rewind this right now, I swear. <laughs> hey, look what he did to that bale of hay. Jason's mother. That... <laughs> Uh, no, I, I just think it's it's kind of cool. It's his aggression. It's his frustration. But he also knows, like, she's in here. So, so I'm going to overturn I, everything. I'll, I like that. A little, he's pu- a little puffing of the chest, you yeah. know? He's, uh, you know? He's putting out his little uh, predator call. Um, I will say that I appreciate the fact that Chris took no chances. Mm-hmm. So... There, how many times you see in a slasher movie, they down the killer yeah. and they're like, oh, it's over. Okay. Laurie Strode dropping yes. the knife twice. Yep. Let's talk about it. Um, Chris gives Jason the business a lot. Yep. Okay. She decks his ass. She decks his halls. And there's a part where not only does she knock him out with a shovel in the top deck of the barn, mm-hmm. she then says, I'm going to double down. I'm going to put a noose around you from the thing that you, you know, uh, haul the hay up from level one to level two and hang your ass. Yep. And she does it. A nice stunt, by she, the way. And there's like not a beat in between. You nope. know what I mean? Knocks his ass out, gets the rope. Yeah. Got a plan. In fact, let's do it. You it's know? just, like, it reminds me of what I would do. I think if I, okay. So she was hiding there with the shovel for a little bit. Yeah. And she's like looking as to like, okay, what else can I do? What's my plan B? Right. What's, what's part two? Cause this shovel ain't going to do shit. I stabbed the guy in the, in the main artery and he's yeah. still coming, you know? So, uh, you think it's over. She killed him essentially by hanging him. And like I said, a great stunt because I've always liked uh, who does it. Well, the weird thing that happens in H2O when he gets pinned mm-hmm. by the van yes. and he kind of like flails. I love a good flail because you, you need to sell it, you yeah. know. And the guy who uh, did the stunt did a great job. 
And now she's opening the barn. She's going to come face to face with the killer who she thinks she killed Jason. And he's not dead, Lance. No, this is probably the biggest scare of the film for me. I think so. Because first of all, when she opens the door, he's staring at her. It's smiling at me. (laughs) But lifeless. So you still think that he's dead. And he, I think this is what's so sinister about this, Jason. Yes. He is alive. He pulls himself up. He knows the trauma he caused her Mm -hmm. because he has the moment to pull up the mask so that she can see his face so that she can know it was me and I'm doing it. It was me who did it then. I'm doing it now. I don't know if it's just naturally because of the way the makeup was done on Jason or if it was the choice of the actor, the stuntman, but he smiles at her. <laughs> like, no. It's a blatant like, hey. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go back to what I have said since forever about smiling. He has a fucked up face, man. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore. I'm tired of it. Okay. <laughs> he has a messed up face. And he pulls that mask up and looks at her like, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, it's me. It's me. Yeah. He's, he does have that sort of, <sighs> it's like the, it's, I, it reminds me of sloth from the Goonies yeah. quite honestly, but it also is the, is the noise that chunk is making when they're bonding over the baby Ruth. Huh? Oh, you know, it's like the, <laughs> It's that, it's that moment right there. He's like, oh, oh, look, my face. Right? Okay. Chris is like, no. She's like, it, you can't be alive. And she's like, oh, my God, it's you. So he gets off the the rope. He's got the machete. He's going to get her. And Ali, still alive. the biker, the dickhead, comes out of the stall, still alive. What does he say? You get off of her. And I'm like... You trying to have a redeeming moment? Aww. All right, dude, that's cool. So he, you know, gets Jason's attention. Jason chops his head hand off and kills him, but it allows Trish the time she needs to take an axe and give him a permanent yes. damage that would be carried on throughout the franchise. Uh, axe through the side of his head that leaves a... a indention on the mask Mm -hmm. that would be almost permanent would be there for future installments yeah save one even his head starts to boil over this axe yes yeah so So there is a i I appreciate the continuity but yeah she axes him to the head and that should be it except she has she she's done man like she has been traumatized almost to the point where it's broken her because as common, she retreats to a canoe in oh, the water. What a throwback. She retreats to this man-made lake that does look man-made. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, folks, the, the lake that they made, it, it, this wasn't shot in New Jersey or or Connecticut or any, or, I mean, yes, it was in Connecticut, but <laughs> it wasn't shot to where there was a real lake. They man-made a lake, and it was garbage from the beginning. This you one was tell. shot in California, actually. Yeah. It takes place in New Jersey, we believe, but- 
Uh, the barn and a few of the houses that were actually used were built. It was all on yeah. set. It was all because they wanted to utilize Hollywood and studios because of the 3D technology. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Mammy Lake, you kind of mentioned they built it themselves. Didn't but they didn't well. seal it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't seal it. So it's like we have a, pre- uh, I was going to say a presa. We have a, uh, a pond at the um, at the ranch that is only three-sided. Basically, it's your runoff. Mm-hmm. It's just going to catch all the rain that's coming down from the hills and stuff. And, you know, eventually it'll evaporate, right? Yeah. Um, but it feeds a lot of animals and whatnot so this lake i don't think they intended it to be that way but they just didn't seal it and all that water just sunk into the soil and that must have been terrible for it because that's a lot of god bless it water yeah and that's your first few days of shooting that you just lost exactly um chris i guess comes to wakes up sees this part does kill me every time when she sees jason she sees him with the wound so she's She's thinking it's real. She's woken up yeah. and she sees him. He's in the, I don't know why this choice, but you know what, man? This choice to put him in that top window scares the shit out of me. Okay. I don't understand. It's somebody who tapped into my brain as to something that's creepy, but it's the fact that she's far. She's far from him. Yeah. She's in the pond or in the lake and she's looking back at the house and they chose to have him poke his head out in the top window to a, a closed window mm-hmm. and she sees him, they lock eyes. And then he does this thing where he like, he tries to get through the window. He like kind of claws at it. Yeah. And he's still f- smiling the whole time. <laughs> yes. It's that moment. I don't under, I don't know, man, because I'm like, why wouldn't you just already be through the door mm-hmm. or why would you not be, be, you know, why wouldn't you be behind me? It's the fact that he made himself known far away to where she could have a, uh, an escape route. She could have time. Yeah. It just scares me so much, man. That yeah. scene. And then of course he comes down, busts the shit open. That's the way you bust through a damn screen door. Let's yes. be honest. He destroys that shit, but it was all a dream. She's, you know, she's kind of having a, a, a flashback, a traumatic episode and capped off by the weirdest <sighs> ending. <laughs> I did not. I didn't. I don't know where they went with that, but what they did was instead of Jason coming out of the lake, who was it? It's his mom, a corpse version kind of of his mom, I guess. With her head on. With her head on and a very clean Colgate smile. And worms coming out of her face. And no, the most hollow eyes, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool, but like, ah, you guys are already like giving up on certain continuity. Well, and also... Well, it's a dream sequence, so it all goes out the window, but sure. did Chris know about the mom? Like, right. do, do we ever establish that Chris knows the backstory? I mean, I think everyone in the in the area does know about Jason. Hmm. Um, she did, didn't say Jason attacked me, but she did know that it was a, you know, weird, um, you know, a weird looking person. So she probably could have pieced that together. I believe this is the only film where none of the main characters mention the name Jason. Mm, interesting yes well that's it folks the uh it was all a dream and the police get her put her in the back seat and she has he she's lost it she's cracked yeah, yeah. Uh, she's crying and laughing at the same time you feel bad for her because like this is you you defeated your demon you defeated your monster albeit th- you know physically but you know you're just gonna probably relive that trauma over and over again and it sucks 
Yeah, it's it's such a sad ending for Chris. Who I I agree. He's one of our favorites. You know, our favorite Survivor girl of a uh, Friday so far. So far, I'll say cause so far because we're going better. But. but you know, folks, this was not supposed. This was not the original uh, idea for part three, was That's it? That's right. No, we were supposed to have a returning character. And it was supposed to be all based on Jenny. Yeah, she Jenny was supposed to come back and uh, have been in an insane asylum or a, a hospital. Yeah, and um, deal with uh, Jason, who was coming after her, and obviously more counselors. Uh, no, I, I don't think in the concept that I read that there was any counselors or anything. This oh, no. Was a, this was a hospital. Just him coming killer. after her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was away from the camp. It was kind of away from everything. Interesting. Um, you know, it's funny because we mentioned the machete is uh, synonymous with Jason. The mask is synonymous with Jason. Counselors is synonymous yeah. with Jason. But we only get really, I think, three movies with camp counselors. We only get a few movies where he actually has his machete or a few kills throughout sure, the franchise. Sure, sure, sure. And the mask doesn't come in until the third film. So it's kind of a funny, like, we attach all these things to Friday the 13th and Jason. But if you really go through and watch the franchise, it's a lot more sporadic and a lot less uh, prominent than you might think. Oh, I totally agree. Um, I, th- yeah, so Camp Counselors, Camp Crystal Lake, that's what the, that's the origin. It's funny because, uh, you know, what ends up happening is that you have to try and, you know, refresh it, you know, refresh the story. So, yeah, this idea, this part three idea with Chris coming back to the area where she had a traumatic experience. I love that. I love not that she had a traumatic experience. I love the idea that, of course, other people that are if it's a big lake, if it's a huge lake, other people would have run ins with this thing. I mean, everyone saw more people must have seen Bigfoot. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like I, I love that you can not everything needs to be tied to the original, but you know, there is that nostalgia thing, you know, can you make a direct sequel from the original blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, uh, as the franchise goes on, it starts to get a little bit more jumping to the shark, but I think we have one more that, that, that does well. And then after that, it's a little bit of something. Yeah. (laughs) We're jumping all over the place after that, but all right. That is Friday the 13th, part three, three D three D folks. We hope you enjoyed that. And that your uh, livers, if you did alcohol is ours are intact from the slash word. Good luck. All right, Danny, how many machetes do you give Friday the 13th, part three? I will give Friday the 13th, part three, a very comfortable four. That's great, Danny. Yeah, four That's great. You four know machetes. what I'm going to give it? Can you guess? Yes, you're going to give it five. It, it's a five all over. Like This is my favorite one by far. Yeah. I said it before. I've said it, I'll say it again. I get a smile on my face as soon as the credits start. I love this film. Um, don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. It's a 7% on there. Don't ever listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Please. No, don't. Form, formulate your own opinions with everything. Um you know, th- there are some things that as soon as you, if you're like channel surfing or like uh, streaming service surf- surfing and you turn on something and it looks like it was shot uh, with someone's home video, then of course you can turn that off immediately. Yeah. But for the most part, formulate your own opinions. Yeah, absolutely. But so. uh, yeah, Friday, th- this is really hard for me, Lance. I know that uh, I typically, when I put these movies on, I don't go for part one. Even though I put part one as number five, I recognize as, as five machetes, I ranked it with yeah. five machetes. I rank it based off of how important I think it is, mm-hmm. the scares, what it did, all that stuff. It all goes into it. Um, 
three and four alternate as my favorite ones. But right now, uh, I am comfortable giving three a very strong, healthy, fully intact four machetes. Four fully developed. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for us. Slash is paradise. Remember to lock your doors, bolt your windows. And would you be yourself if you look like this? And join us next time in Slasher's Paradise. Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say in the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to Facebook.com slash Dead Candy Fix. That's D-E-D, Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.